Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I'm so excited to be with you tonight. Uh, Kim is uh, again on the computer to take your prayer request. If you've got any tonight and any comments or remarks or questions you may have, and uh, Sir Pop is in the house with us also. We've uh, moved back down into the main room and we're going to actually start using this room a lot more because uh, it gives me the opportunity to really probably do more preaching than teaching. I believe there's some things God really, really wants to get in our heart in a dynamic way. And friends, I'm excited about what I see happening in the body of Christ, what God is doing. You know, quit looking at the world. It's going to basically, those saying it's going to hell in a handbasket, but the power of God is moving in the body of Christ. And we're going to see some awesome things happening. You know, the Bible also says judgment must begin at the house of God, which means with each and every one of us. But I'm sure tonight that your heart is set to please the Lord and to do the things that will bring him glory and benefit the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. Therefore, we're willing, praise God, we are willing. I, I'm like David. I, I, I love it when the Lord loves me enough to chastening me, to correct me, because he's got even bigger plans for me than I can even fathom, that I can even imagine. And he loves me enough to keep me on the right path, and he loves you enough tonight to do the same. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for those who share this. And I encourage you, as I've done for months, probably a year or so, use your internet, use your social media to share the gospel, to tell others, to encourage others, to, to put things on there that are going to help people grow in Christ. My friends, we've all got a great job to do, and it's exciting. And tonight, we've got a great message we want to share with you. But I want to remind you, if you've got a prayer item, please send that in. Kim's going to write that down, and we're going to pray for you at the end of the program. If you want to contact us, you can do that through Messenger here on Facebook. You can also contact us by email, GMM. Uh, what, is, what is that? G, hold on just a minute. GMM1776 at gmail.com. We actually shortened it. You can also contact us at Glenn Mills Ministries at gmail.com. But because it was so long, we decided we'd go with two and shorten it up. GMM1776 at gmail.com. And don't forget to share us also on Twitter and also on YouTube. And uh, my friends, thank you for those who help support us with your prayers and also your finances. All right, let's get ready. We're going to also be podcasting this tonight. If you ever miss an episode, we try to put it on podcast as well so that if you don't have time to watch it, maybe you can hear it. And what we want to talk about tonight is actually dance like David danced. Wow, dance like David danced. You know, when I was pastor of Highest Praise Tabernacle, awesome, awesome group of people. We had some great singers there and, and we used to sing a song called Dance Like David Danced. And I remember people would just get so free in the Lord and dance all over that church. And there may be somebody listening tonight to a Brother Mills, I'm not into all of that. Well, don't cut me off. Please don't cut me off. Hear me out. Hear me out tonight. I believe I can help you understand why it is important that we dance before the Lord. And it's not just for Pentecostal, full gospel, charismatic, holiness type of people. The Bible says it is for every believer. And I encourage you tonight, there is power in the dance. And uh, I'm not telling you you got to go get in front of the church and dance in front of everybody. But I want to talk to you tonight on dancing like David danced. Now, spiritual dance, I'm not talking about 
worldly dance, worldly entertainment. Forget it. We're not even talking about that. We're talking about in the spirit realm. We're talking about in the body of Christ. Because that's what matters. That's the kingdom. And that's what we're about. Spiritual dance incorporates music and movement as a form of worship, praise, and celebration. Listen to this. Rather than as an expression of art or entertainment. See, often when we think about dance, we think about art. And some of that is very questionable whether I'd call it art or not. Or it's entertainment, which is often the case. But spiritual dance is not about that at all. Matter of fact, if you are in a spiritual dance and you're entertaining people, you've missed it. Because it's not about the people. It's about the Lord. Can I get an amen out of somebody? Spiritual dance, your praise, your worship, your thanksgiving, your dance, whatever you do to magnify the Lord has nothing to really do with anybody else. You know, as our pastor Dan says at the church, nobody, and again, I say nobody, can give God your praise, your worship, your thanksgiving, and I want to go a step further tonight and say nobody's dance will do it for you either. It's what you do. It's what I do personally that God sees. We're not here to entertain other people. It's not an art. It is a form of worship. And once you begin to understand that, because so often we're looking in the physical realm, and that's the reason we don't experience what God desires to do in the dance, in the worship, in the praise, in the body of Christ. Now, those who dance, before the Lord, use their bodies and their energy to express their love and their appreciation for the Lord. You see, it's for the Lord. David didn't dance for the people. He danced before the Lord. And that's what we've got to see. True spiritual dance is between the dancer and between God. That's where it's at. Now, there may be a group of people there but God sees that individual. Now, when a lot of people get involved, it really gets exciting. I remember, again, being pastor at highest praise, and there were times that we would get into the deepest worship. Lord, I miss those times so much. We would get into the highest praise, but then we would get into the dance. And I'm talking, oh, the freedom that would come forth. I've seen people be transformed. I've seen people healed. I've seen demons be driven out by people who would be willing to dance before the Lord. I can tell you there is power in the dance if we will dare to do it and let the Spirit lead us. In Psalm 149, verse 3, I'm not just going to tell you something that's not scriptural. Let them praise his name. That means the people. Let them, God's people, God's children, not just the Jewish people, but now the body of Christ. Let them, us, the believers, praise his name in the dance. Now, I didn't say this. God said this. David said this. Led by the Spirit to write this down. He goes on to say, let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp, which is like a tambourine. Make a load of music. Sing and dance unto the Lord. Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says there is a time to weep. There is a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn. Oh, but there's a time to dance. There's a time to dance. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. 
In Exodus 15, 20, many of you know this story. The children, the Hebrew children had just been brought through the Red Sea. God closed up the sea, completely destroyed their enemies. And look at what happened. And Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, also the sister of Moses, took the timbrel in her hand. And all the women went out after her with their timbrels and with dance to celebrate the victory that God had just given them over their enemies. Well, Brother Mills, that was the Egyptian army. How many of us tonight, if we'll be honest, God has delivered us time and time and time again. We have had reason to not only shout his praises, we've had reason not only to sing his song, to give him thanksgiving, but we have had excessive reason to give him the dance that he is so worthy of. There are many places in the Bible where dancing before the Lord is not only mentioned, but encouraged. Can I get a praise out of somebody tonight? Hallelujah. I told Pop when this was over, I might even let him come up here and give us a dance illustration tonight. Amen. <laughs> He's mighty quiet on me over there. I want to focus tonight, though, all of this would describe. I, want, I really want to focus on David's dance that we find in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Now, I was in a Bible study today over at Miss Benji Mallory, if any of you know her, and we were pretty much talking about this subject a little bit, and God just really put it on my heart that I want you to continue on that tonight and to share not only what you talked about, but what I want to show you. So in 2 Samuel 6.14, the Bible says, And David danced before the Lord, listen to this, with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod, which means it's like a long skirt type thing that was worn by the priest under the ephod. You know, for years I've heard people say, well, he was dancing naked. That is not what the Bible says. He did have covering What's that? Well, what does it mean? He, 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 he basically was, in a way, naked. What that means is he took off his royal garments. He took off his position. He took off his title. So it's just him and God. One of the guys said in the Bible study this morning, it was like the king submitted to the king. You see, there weren't room enough for two kings in that worship. One of them had to give way, and we know God is worthy of our praise. Amen. So King David disrobed himself so that he could humble himself before the Lord, and we're going to discuss that a little bit more. Now, let's take a moment to review the events that are leading up to David's dance coming into Jerusalem. The Philistines had captured the Ark of the Covenant. But after God struck down their idols, if you remember, they took, their, they took the Ark of the Covenant and put it in the temple with their gods. And the next thing you know, their god fell over. They set him back up. And the next time it fell over, if I'm right about this, Pop, his head and his hands were broken off. Dagon, I believe it was, was their god. And, and they realized right then, we, we might better get rid of this. So they put the Ark of the covenant, the ark of God on a cart with some oxen and they aimed it toward Israel and they let it go. So then David finds out that the ark has come back into Israel. He's excited. 
The people are excited. The priests are excited. So David and a large number of people went out to bring the ark back to Jerusalem. Now, it was at a place, once they got there, it was at a place called the house of Abinadab. And when it, they started from there and headed toward Jerusalem, but when they got to the threshing floor of Nacon, we find out that the oxen stumbled, and when they did, the ark shifted on the cart, and Azusa reached out to touch it, one of the men, and the Bible says he dropped dead when he touched it. Now, I've got a message in a message. I want to give it to you real quick. Flesh cannot touch God. Can't do it. Flesh cannot touch God. If you touch God in the flesh body, you will die. He is too holy for this impure flesh to touch it. And when Zuzah reached out and all he was trying to do, but number one, they were carrying it wrong to begin with and didn't realize it. But when he reached out to steady it and he touched it, it was so holy, so pure, so that his body literally died and he fell dead. David was grieved, but I want you to notice something. God showed me this today. Not only can flesh not touch God, you better hear this, fleshly praise and worship and religion won't touch him either. Amen. Too often we're getting to the place that our praise and worship is all about the people and it ain't about God. Now, I'm not saying everybody, but we need to really listen to what it is because you see, somebody comes out with a new song, then they got to come out with another new song, then they got to come out with another new song. I don't know about you, there's a lot of the old songs I still listen to. I still like the old hymns. I like some of the stuff that's coming out, but what's happened is too much of this has turned toward us what God's going to do for us instead of worshiping and honoring Him. I remember a time when a lot of the big music Christian industries, ministries, if you will, their worship songs were so powerful because they were all focused on God. And now some of those same ministries are focused on the people. Well, I'm going to repeat this again. Fleshly praise and worship is nothing but religion and it will not touch God. It might entertain the people. I, 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 somebody ought to be amen to me on this thing. It might entertain the people, but it's not touching the heart of God. It doesn't touch the heart of God until it comes out of our spirit. If it's not in the spirit, if it's not genuinely out of the spirit, led by the spirit, you're not touching God. Now, I'm going to pick on some older folks tonight. You can sing all the hymns you want to sing. If you're not going to put your heart in it and your spirit in it, you ain't going to touch God either. Because I know somebody that, yeah, I agree with you, Brother Mills. That's all about that contemporary music. Let me tell you, I grew up in the church since I was 13, and I've heard hymns that were so dead. Didn't have any life because they were ritual. It's when you get your heart right. When you show up at church with the right heart and the right spirit, you won't have any trouble praising and worshiping God in the spirit and in truth. Can I get an amen out of somebody? Amen. 
Your flesh will not touch God. And if you're worship and you have a religion, it won't touch him either. And if you're not careful, we end up dead. There are a lot of woo, dead churches because they're not in the spirit, they're in the flesh. So David and a large number, they go out. Now David is broken. All of a sudden, the celebration stops. David is grieved. Because remember what I said. They were trying to move the presence of God the wrong way. You see, the Philistines didn't know anything about it. They didn't know how to move it. But then again, God had that art released from them. But when he brought it to the children of Israel, they should have known what they needed to do to move the ark. They had it on a cart. <laughs> some churches, some people that call themselves believers are trying to carry God's presence the wrong way. One preacher once told me that when it comes to carts, that the churches are filled with carts trying to move the presence of God. He said, you know what a cart is? It's made up of boards and big wheels. Wow. So many churches are in bondage because they're not letting God lead. I've got nothing against boards. I've got nothing against, but if, we're, if they're controlling the move of God, then they're wrong. If they're flowing in the spirit of God and moving with the presence of God, then you're going to find out they're right in the spirit. But too often we try to do it our way, man's way. We try to carry it on a cart when it was intended to be carried upon the shoulders of the priest. David left the ark at the house of Abinadon, who was later found out was greatly blessed and favored. Wow. Obed-Eden, excuse me, I don't know where I got that from. Obed-Eden was his name. This is where they stopped and they put the ark in his house. Well, then David finds out a few months later, this man is blessed in every area of his life because the presence of the Lord is at his house. And David is literally saying, I want his presence brought to Jerusalem as well. And you'll find out later in history, if you study the history, when Obed-Eden followed that ark to Jerusalem, he and his family served there in worship for over 30-some years because he would not allow the presence of God to leave his family. There's a sermon in that. So a few months later, David learns what he needs to do. He gets the priests together. They go to Obed-Eden's house, and they get it right, they put the ark on the shoulders of the, of the priest and they head to Jerusalem. And the Bible says that every six paces, David made a sacrifice with the oxen. Woo! I heard one preacher say that from Obed-Eden's house to Jerusalem, it was called the road of blood because they, they, they literally lined up oxen and just made sacrifices all the way. Let me tell you something. If you're going to carry the presence of the Lord, it's going to cost you something. Yep. It's going to cost you something. <laughs> I, I don't even know the statistics on how many oxen were slain from Obed-Eden's house to Jerusalem. But David 
made sure he was going to do it right this time. David made sacrifices as the people celebrated, but then everything begins to shift. We begin to see some things happen here. In verse 16, when he gets to Jerusalem, his wife, Michael, the daughter of Saul, was up in the window watching the celebration, watching David dance with all of his might before the Lord, watching David dance without his title, without his position, without his pride, without any of that, humble before the Lord. He was leaping, he was whirling before the people and the Lord, and the Bible says, and she despised him in her heart. Wow. You want to know why? Listen to this. Michael represents religion. David represents relationship. And those who have a religion can never understand those who have a powerful relationship with God. The Michaels in the church can never comprehend nor understand the Davids in the church. That's the reason some denominations cannot understand other denominations because of the way they worship and they praise and they dance and they do all of these things. But yet the Bible tells us there's really only one way and that way is God's way. Doesn't matter what denomination you are. That has nothing to do with it. If you are a Michael tonight, it's because of your mindset. Do you have a religion? Or do you have a relationship? Boy, I'm about ready to preach to somebody. The ark was placed in the tent that David had prepared. Then he gave the burnt and peace offerings unto the Lord. And then the Bible says, and then he blessed the people, gave them gifts, and sent them home. Man, they had a day. We're not talking about a 30-minute worship service. It took a long time to get that ark from Obed-Eden's house to the tent that was prepared for it in Israel or Jerusalem, and David danced the whole way. The people celebrated the whole day. They didn't care how long it took. They wanted the presence of God. Do you want the presence of God? Are you willing to put in the time? Are you willing to pray a little longer? Shout a little louder? Are you willing tonight to do whatever God desires of you? Because he does desire you. God wants to be with you. God wants to fellowship with you. God wants to be with you. Verse 20. Now that everything's done, the ark is in place. The Bible says that literally a glow came over the ark and, and it stayed that way for 30 some years. For over 30 some years, 24 hours a day, there was praise and worship at the ark of God until Solomon built the temple for it. Wow. David could go out of his window and look and see the glow between the wings of the sheriffin on the ark. Man, you know, we can see that glow too if you look for it in the spirit and quit waiting for somebody else to do it for us. Oh, I want to preach here tonight. If we're willing to pay the cost, if we're willing to put in the time, 
If we're willing to go the extra mile, you'll be amazed at how your religion can become a relationship that will transform your life. In verse 20, David returns home to now bless his house. He had already blessed the people. Everybody was excited. So now he comes home to bless his house only to be confronted by his wife who challenged him and mocked him because he dared humble himself before the Lord. Now history teaches us that Michael was a part of the, what you would call a priestess in the old religion that they had already established in Jerusalem. She was part of the old system of religion and was unwilling to accept that God could be worshiped any other way. Oh, that's, oh, whew, I could preach on that too. But the main thing was her pride. You see, she had position. She was not only the daughter of a king, she had married a king who had now disrobed himself and danced and whirled before the people when David simply humbled himself before God and got on the level of the people, listen to me, you can never truly minister to people until you're willing to get where they are. Now, if they're in the ditch, you get down there with them, you help them, and you get them out. Don't stay in the ditch with them, but sometimes you've got to get down where they're at. You've got to feel what they feel. You've got to allow the Spirit to show you the pain, the need. You got to be willing to take off your title, your position, and humble ourselves before the Lord so that He can use us mightily. Am I preaching yet to anybody but myself? Hallelujah, praise God. She mocked David for removing his kingly robes and dancing. Matter of fact, the Bible says she literally calls him shameless and worthless. Woo! That's pretty damn. A man after God's own heart, and you're going to call him shameless and worthless? She owned the terminology that she used. It's hard to fathom. She all but called him a pervert because she was trying to make something sexual, physical, fleshly because she made reference to the handmaidens Lusting over him. It's right there in the scripture. Read it for yourself. And that was not the case at all. He was not naked. And he says later that they will honor me because they saw the presence of the Lord. Be careful how you mock somebody's relationship with the Lord. Be careful that you never call somebody who truly loves the Lord, shameful and worthless. You see, what happened here was Michael's pride collided with David's praise. Oh my. Michael's pride collided with David's praise. I can't tell you the times. I've had people tell me, well, all of that's not necessary. Well, you don't know the God I know. 
I can't help but love my God with all my heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. I'm sorry if it offends your religion, but I know I've got a relationship. I remember when I had a religion. I remember when I did everything by the book only because I had to, not because I wanted to. I just didn't want to go to hell. So I did my best in my own ability because I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. So I'm trying to follow the book so I don't go to hell. I didn't have any joy, didn't have any peace, didn't have any satisfaction until I came to know that he sent his Holy Spirit who would live inside of me and that I could become one in Christ with him and the Father and the Holy Spirit and that I could be set free and I could have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. When it became a relationship, Glenn Mills got free. Don't be surprised when proud people attack your praise. Wow. Don't be surprised when proud people attack your praise. In verse 21, David reminded Michael that it was God who had given him the throne even over her father, David, and that it was God that he was dancing for. I want to tell anybody listening tonight, you praise your heart out. You worship your heart out. You give him thanksgiving at the gates of his praise and you dance if you want to. And don't you worry about what anybody else says about it. It ain't got nothing to do with them. It's all about you and your father. Let me take it a step further. Maybe this will help you some. It helped me anyway. Others cannot save you. They cannot deliver you. They cannot heal you. They cannot help you but so much. They cannot empower you. And they certainly cannot forgive you of your sin like God and Jesus can. So quit worrying about what they do and start giving praise to the one who can. God is an awesome father. He loves us. He cares for us. People are not our source. They are not our strength. God is our hope. Sometimes we just need to remind people who it is that we love and we cherish, we adore, and we serve our loving father, our loving God. In verse 22, I love this. Matter of fact, I got to read this. If you don't mind, I'm going I'm I'm to read this for you. Bear with me. So in verse 21, let me read it for you again. Verse 21. So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music. I will celebrate before the Lord. Now look at what he says. Woo! And I will be even more undignified than this. And will be humble in my own sight, broken before the Lord is what he's saying. But as for the hand or the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Let me give you North Carolina, Pitt County, 
terminology for what David just said. Baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. You think what I did out there on that street was something. You wait the next time I get into his presence. You haven't seen anything yet. David implies that his praise is only going to a new and higher level. What he was basically saying is, Michael, you're in the flesh and you are religion. I've got a relationship and I'm going to humble myself before my God and my creator who has done everything good for me and I'm going to praise him regardless of what you or anybody else thinks about it. And that's where we need to get in our praise and our worship. Bold enough that we don't worry about what anybody else thinks about it. David also tells Michael that the maids that she mentioned, that they're going to honor him because of his worship. Now, listen to me closely. Those who desire to draw closer to God will always admire you when you do. Those who want to be closer to God will celebrate with you. Those are the kind of people you need to be hanging around. Not the naysayers, not the religious crowd. You need to get in a crowd of people who are not afraid to praise the Lord on any level. We need to stop focusing on the men pleasers and celebrate with the God praisers. Can I say that again? We need to stop focusing on the men pleasers and start celebrating with the God praisers. Yeah. Woo! I'm about to have a fit. <laughs> so what happens to those who hold on to their pride, their titles, their positions, and will not praise or worship or honor God? What happens to these people? Well, the Bible tells us in verse 23, you got to see the spiritual implication of a physical situation. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. She never had children. She remained barren. Listen to this. Unless we live in the spiritual, we cannot give birth to spiritual things. Your religion will never birth anything truly spiritual, but your relationship will. Because she rejected the praise given to God, because she rejected the true, genuine worship of God, she became barren. Somebody needs to hear me tonight. You need to quit worrying about what everybody's doing and what you think about it and find out what the Bible says about it. And if God tells you to praise, you need to praise with all your heart. If he tells you to worship, you need to worship with all your heart. If he tells you to shout, you need to shout with all your heart. And if he tells you to dance, you better put on a jig. And when you do, he will set you free from some things that have been holding you back. It's not just about him. Anything you do for him, he says, I'll be a debtor to no man. He'll bless you. 
He'll bless me. I can't tell you the times I've had a burden on my heart. I've had a load on my shoulders. And I would break loose and dance before the Lord. And when I was through dancing, I was free as a bird. I can't tell you the times I was confused, downhearted, broken, hurting. And God just said, dance for me. And I would dance with the Lord. Nobody else. And when the dance was over, I was a new man. I can tell you personally, it works. Got to dance like David danced. In James 4, 6, it says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He resisted Michael. He received David. Most of us listening tonight, at some level, we know how to worship. At some level, we know how to praise. I'm praying no matter what level you're at, you want to go to a new level. Many of you tonight are thankful. You have entered his gates with thanksgiving. You come into his courts with praise. But I want to ask you tonight, will you dance for him? Well, I, I, I'm just not really into that. Well, you need to let it get into you. And you said, why in the world would you talk to us about this tonight? Because there's somebody out there right now. The moment you get along with God, I, nobody else even needs to be around the first time you really dance before the Lord. You need to get along and get some good worship and praise music going. And you need to just turn loose and let God, through the Holy Spirit, you dance before the Lord. And I want to promise you something tonight. I don't know what, but I know he will do something awesome in your life. I'm telling you, as a man of God, I'm prophetically speaking, if you will humble yourself and dance before the Lord with all your heart and say, Lord, it's the first time I've ever done this but I'm giving it all to you. And you just do what you know to do. Let the Spirit move you. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be real. And I promise you, God is going to do something awesome in your life. It may be a deliverance. It may be healing. It may be peace you've been wanting, joy you've been needing. It may be strength. I don't know what it is, but I know he's going to do something because he told me he would. Maybe you know how to praise. Maybe you know how to worship. But do you know how to dance like David danced? Wow. Something wonderful is waiting in your dance for the Lord. Thank you so much for listening to us tonight. I ask him to bring our prayer needs up. We want to pray with you tonight. Folks, I hope you'll share this with somebody else that you'll send it on and let somebody else know tonight that what God can do. I pray that maybe I've helped you understand something tonight in a dynamic way. I'm going to pray tonight again for Patty uh, going through some things and also a friend that's uh, going through uh, pancreatic cancer. 
Also, uh, Melanie Barnes, Unspoken Need, and also Melinda Turner's uh, good friend of ours, her nephew. So we got Patty, Melinda, and Melinda. We're going to pray for these tonight. Oh, Daddy, we love you. Woo! How oh, I'm so excited about you. I'm just so, I'm overwhelmed with your presence. Lord, there's so much you want to do in our lives. And Lord, you, 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 not only do you receive our praise and our worship and our thanksgiving, but Lord, you want to dance with us also. And in the dance, there's so many things you want to do. So many things that have held us back. The chains can be broken. If only we'll get past our position, derobe ourselves of our pride, our position, our title, what other people think about us, and humble ourselves before you and dance before you. Lord, I pray tonight for Patty. I pray for Melinda Barnes. I pray for Melinda's nephew. And Lord, we're believing that you are a healing God, a delivering Father, a loving Creator, and that tonight you're going to do an awesome thing because you love your children. And Lord, if we will be honest with ourselves and let you examine our hearts and see that there's any wicked way in us, if there's any threat of religion, that tonight you would remove it and open our hearts up for a loving relationship with you. That Lord, we can worship and honor and thank and praise and shout and rejoice and sometimes just be still and know that you are God. Wow. Tonight we rejoice that these needs are being met. Bless every person that has listened and watched tonight, those that are going to watch. And we pray, Lord, that this video will go wherever you want it to go through the people you want to send it through. And Father, we love these wonderful people. Thank you that they listened. I pray that they were touched and encouraged and maybe in some way transformed. And Lord, when they dance, Ah, oh, do a thing inside of them that they'll never, ever forget. And they'll only praise you all the more. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Folks, we love you, and we'll see you again next week.